Yo guys, welcome to the Blue Podcast with me, Tom and Ben. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. And today we are uh, blessed to be with a guest called, uh, he's called Parch, he's from America. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on and great to talk to you today. Yeah, so this is our uh, second comic book uh, guest uh, that we've had on, to, uh, on the podcast. We've had four F1 ones for Ben, and now we've got two F2 comic book and uh, one rugby for me now. Yeah. So, uh, firstly, before we get into the podcast, why don't you tell us what, what you do for our viewers and listeners that may not know who you are, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've done a, a number of things in comics. I mean, the, the biggest thing is I've been a, a retailer. So I've been somebody who actually uh, owns and, and runs comic stores and has since the early 90s. So uh, long, long, long guy, uh, long, <laughs> old guy doing comic book things. Um, but then I've, I've also, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, connections and friends in the industry. I've, I've consulted from time to time to do a little help for, for various creators or or uh, companies uh, when they want to do some marketing or do some research and uh, you know and, and then have a hand in technology and other things so that's uh, that that's me I've been in this business forever. <laughs> Fair enough I've, I've <laughs> noticed that when it comes to like these comic book uh, YouTubers that they've kind of been in the industry for a very long time uh, is that is that have you found that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think people get in and they don't leave. So it's it's a it's a trap of an industry. I, I mean that in the best way. Um, it it takes you, it takes hold of you, and there's just there's so much to read and so much to do that uh, you know it's 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 easy to get stuck there. Mm. Yeah. That's something that um, the previous guy said that there's there's something because there is so much to read. There's something for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think. Yeah, comics are great because uh, you can, I mean, there's, you know, at any given month, there's two, 300 comics being produced a week. And so you, you can find something for yourself if you need to. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm going on me, but I have, uh, I think the 60, first 60 ish issues of uh, the recent uh, comic uh, flash rebirth issues. I can't remember. When did it start? I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, I personally am a DC fan. The last guys we had on were, were Marvel fans, and they fortunately didn't ask me uh, who I was a fan of, because otherwise we'd have different opinions. I wanted to, you know, the, the simple early question everyone often is asked, DC or Marvel? So historically, I've been, I've been more Marvel. Uh, but when you're in comics for a long length of time, I mean, I, I have great great runs with DC that I absolutely love. There's characters there that are great. So I mean, at this point, the loyalty to the companies are kind of gone and uh, I just I really like certain creators certain runs there's characters on both uh, both companies and independent companies I absolutely love how about yourself what, what do you love I'm a DC fan uh, have been from mm -hmm. a young age uh, Ben when would you say you are or are you just happy with that <laughs> when, when do I prefer yeah uh, yeah I'm not really fussed <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Wonderful. I think the first the first character that kind of brought me into comics was uh, obviously Batman, and the uh, the Flash was he's, he's my what's the word my my all time favorite probably is the Flash. Don't know what it is, just you'll be happy that he's doing a they're doing a live action film with him soon, aren't they? So well, I just hope, hope they don't ruin it <laughs> with DC. <laughs> it's a possibility. Uh, it's a big responsibility in my, in my eyes, anyway. In my eyes, <laughs> uh, if you, you've been in it's the, always uh, a worry. It's, what was that? 
I said, no, it's always a worry. I think yes. there's, it's, it's really common. You love these comics and then they go and they, they mess them up in the movies, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I think, I think that's um, one of the things that, that sort of, um, I'm sorry. Please do it. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that um, Marvel have got right. I mean, not all, all like, not all of their films are groundbreaking, but they seem to be able to just manage to churn out just 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 average films, uh, which is something that DC just have seemed to have not been able to do for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's it, it comes down to the planning because in Marvel that they from the start they had they had a very clear plan. Yes, and. They they had it all had the vision all the way through with DC. They kind of just just, just didn't do that. They just like they just went in for it and had no idea, and that's why they are where they are at the moment. Um, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, I, Marvel uh, and and really, I think Disney behind them. They did have a plan for these movies, and they they executed that plan. And and there's definitely a style. I think if you didn't like the Marvel style of movies, and you're going to get a lot of movies in that same style, but you know, for the masses, uh, it was it was very successful for them, and of course, of course, it's it's paid off. I mean, they've made several billion dollar movies now, yeah. and DC is desperately hoping to to kind of turn their turn track and, and yeah. get back there. I mean, the, the, it, it seems like this time has tried to implement a plan in DC, boys. Um, I guess with various um, factors like COVID and and other stuff. Um, it's kind of been put on hold for a bit because um, there's, yeah. there's all that um, hoo-ha with um, releasing stuff on HBO Max as well as cinema and uh, basically cinemas dying and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, for sure. One of the uh, main issues with DC in the films as well was they tried to rush it. Marvel, yeah. Marvel did what was it? Iron Man. They did, they did the three main ones straight away before yeah. they even thought about Avengers. Yeah, I mean, all in all, there's I think is it twenty three films, including the the um, End Game and Far From Home. So yes, and with uh, um, DC, they did what? Uh, uh, Batman. V Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then they did uh, Justice League, didn't they? So well, they like, didn't they do Wonder Woman after Suicide Squad? After uh, Batman vs Superman, didn't they? They did. Yeah. yeah, they went back there. It it was. Um, I mean, they just. You're, you're absolutely right. They they wanted to rush to get to their team film. They went too quickly. Mm. Uh, They're trying to catch up, and unfortunately, the it just the audience wasn't ready. And then of course, COVID, and you know. yeah, yeah. There's a. a and it's, I mean, not so much um, in, well, I don't know about America, but in the UK, there's um, uh, arguments uh, with like the cinema chains and the, sure. um, uh, the what do they call them? Um, the, basically, the companies being like, well, we, we need these films to oh, yeah. stay relevant. And then they're just like, now we're just going to put it on HBO Max and it'll be sorted. So, 
there's a arguments galore at the moment in there. It will make things um, easier for sure. I, I think, uh, and and all these things are very intertwined. Comics and movies and and these properties, and especially going forward, and especially for DC now, um, all of the comics are going to be very closely aligned to what they're going to try and do on HBO Max and this, their streaming service and the movies. So these fates are all very carefully intertwined. I mean. You know, if you're a DC fan, just this morning, an hour ago, I guess the embargo went up that, you know, we're getting a brand new Joker ongoing comic uh, that is going to be out in the market and, and they're going to want to at least make some connections to the movie, even though it doesn't sound like the movie at all. So it is, it is very much if you, uh, if you're, if you're a movie fan and you love comics, you are, you're, you're looking forward to at least two to three years of a lot of, a lot of new comics, a lot of new movies, very closely connected for, for DC and Marvel. And it's uh but but you're it, it the same argument is happening over here in the U.S. The theater chains are very angry. Uh, the distribution houses are very upset. Uh, that's going to be tough. I mean, you know, those in theory that is a lifeblood. But on the other hand, you know, if you're a studio, you can't just write off another year. You you can't afford to write off another year. And we don't know when these things are opening up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they say um, Marvel are doing something very similar on uh, Disney Plus. And I remember I saw a quote of. Um, the Disney CEO being like, yeah, we think we did a bit too much too soon with uh, Star Wars. And then they, then they announced like 10 shows for Disney Plus for Star Wars. It was like, huh? I thought you just said you did too much too soon. Like, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously. I was saying, obviously, it's, it's uh, Disney Plus is working for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be announcing so many shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. And so uh, I think also with the COVID happening, there won't, there will be so much stuff would have been planned to have come out during COVID, and so much stuff would have also been planned for the time after COVID, mm-hmm. and now all that stuff's kind of happening, going to happen at the same time. So it's just going to be a that massive. Stuff that was supposed to happen has been pushed back, so now it's at the same time as the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, on on the uh, the the, the com- uh, DC starting to link some of their comics closer to the movies that will be coming out something that marvel have done in the past is they will release comic books to test the waters for storylines in the movies like mm. a bit before i've noticed and dc right. obviously never have done that i don't know if you noticed that as well but yeah absolutely um it is part of the strategy and it makes sense you know comic books are a lot cheaper to make uh, you can test out uh you know, plots and characters and ideas uh, very, very inexpensively. You can get some, some, you know, some market research. The only challenge that they have, I think, is that the comic book audience, the people who are buying comics is uh, increasingly a smaller amount of people. And it maybe doesn't give them as much information as they want. Um, and they're still working on getting the comic books really synced up. Like, you know, for example, this Joker uh, comic that was announced just this morning, um, it is, you know, the, we have this Joker movie, which was kind of a study of mental illness. It was really a, a more dramatic, more serious take on the Joker, mm. whereas the comic is going to be uh, the Joker is committing crimes around the globe and Commissioner Gordon is chasing him. So it, it's just it's a very different kind of feel. So I, I think they're still working on that plan. Uh, um, you know, DC is, has kind of made the statement that if they're you know, for their new comics that they're going out with in March, because they're, they're going to kind of redo their universe in, in March. Um, yeah. All those comics will, yeah, again, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's every two years we got to do that. Um, yeah. It is. Uh, it. it, it I, I think that all of their comics uh, have to have at least some connection to some movie somewhere. It's 
so far everything that's been announced has a show or a cartoon or a movie or something connected to it. So it, it is, uh, maybe they get that better together. Um, but yeah, it makes sense to test the comics out before you do the movies and you might as well. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, DC certainly do not want what's happened in their past few movies to happen again, do they? Because I don't think they have, they haven't really got the time for, for that for another flop, do they? In yeah, terms no. of yeah, I think it, it all seems uh, in terms of um, I don't I don't, I don't I'm not don't know much about comics, but in terms of the film and series, and maybe maybe the case with the comics as well, that it seems quite fragmented because yeah. they have obviously the DCEU that they're trying to sort out, and they've got. Um, that Batman trilogy with Robert Pattinson that was supposed to be part of that and now it's not. And then they've got the Joker movie that's not part of that. So it's all like they, they've got these ideas and they want to do them. Um, right. And they were, they were like, oh, we're going to do this uh, cinematic universe because it's not worked out. And now they're like, oh, we've still got these ideas, still want to do them, but we can't do it there. So we're just going to do it anyway, but a different universe and like, just um, sort of <laughs> pushing it, pushing, sorting out the DCEU back and back and back until they can't leave it anymore, sort of thing. Yeah, it it, it it's a problem, I think, um, and that's that's you know to your point earlier, uh, you know, Tom Ben, your you, the Marvel universe did just such a better job of giving you an orchestrated, you know, if you walked in, you knew what you're expecting, and you knew what. You know, more or less this order that the films go in. Um, there's a structure to it, and with DC, you know, you have you have a Birds of Prey movie, you have a, a Joker movie, you have a Wonder Woman movie. They're radically different. You know, there's there's no commonality, and and I think that that's that's something that that holds them back a little bit. It is something that they want to try and solve, but but at the same time, I think they're they're trying to find their identity, and and in many ways, that is true. I think of DC in, in general as a company. We made the joke earlier. They have completely redone their their universe multiple times in the last uh, few decades. I mean, mm. um, it, it feels like that is a company kind of in some ways always trying to find itself. Uh, really great characters, but sometimes they're, they're just, they're always trying to figure themselves out. Yes, I guess the, the uh, if there is a positive in those films being radically different to each other is that they give in the, I guess they give the directors in Marvel a bit of freedom, but they obviously they have the template they have to stick to, but in DC they give the directs the freedom to do it i mean obviously um with um justice league and uh batman v superman they didn't quite go as plan but it seems with sort of the more recent ones that they've been giving the directs the freedom to do uh, what they want so you're getting these quite interesting um sort of takes on the characters yeah it's like aquaman wonder woman and birds of prey i think are the three most recent ones that haven't really been following a theme but they are doing really well individually yeah yeah right. yeah that's right. the it's the way it's the the problem is because they wanted to make a franchise doing that like you're saying there isn't a commonality between them so people not expecting what they're going to watch when they're going in so therefore they're not going to be as inclined to go and watch it which is a strange thing but it's it's, it's one of the uh, I guess it's the truth. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, and and comics. I mean, comics and movies are all trying to find their spot. I mean, it it is. Uh, 
you know, the, the other factor here in, in kind of all this is that, you know, comics are, are increasingly expensive. So you have a comic book coming in at, you know, $4.99. A lot of the new DC books are being announced at, at that $5 range. Uh, they're going to have more at the $7.99 range. At that point, you know, you look at Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus is $6.99. You get an entire month of a streaming service for the same cost or, you know, just slightly higher than a comic book. Uh, that's a tough thing to compete with. And that's, that's another factor in here as you're trying to figure out kind of your audience and how to grow comics and, and get more people into it. Um, you know, if, if, if you're buying like four comics, you're over 20 bucks a yeah. month. Uh, meanwhile, you've got, you know, an HBO, you can get HBO Max and Disney Plus both and have access to their entire kind of entertainment library um, for, for that price. I mean, that's, that's going to be a factor too. So it's going to drive more people into the movies, uh, for sure. It's, it's, it's going to encourage that kind of, that kind of viewership and comics are going to have to adapt. It's going to be tough. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's kind of why I, uh, I stopped getting the flash issues because it's kind of as a student, <laughs> I don't really have the money yeah. every week to, to pay for I mean, comic every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's me with a saying about, um, like DC having a lack of planning with the um, uh, films, it seems like they've got. I, I, I don't. Re I've never. Don't really watch uh, DC shows, but it seems like they've got a lot more. Um, so they do a lot more planning for the TV series that they do because they have all the crossover events and stuff, and it seems to work quite well. Like the Arrowverse. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if they can implement that somehow, they might be onto something. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a it's a crazy space. I think for people who uh, you know the readers, customers, fans, or or shop owners, or people who've been in a space, it's uh, it's definitely quite a been quite a journey. <laughs> I think over the years, it's tough if you are a comic fan, or or I think probably worse if you if you run a comic shop. And you're seeing these uh, movies making a billion dollars or more, and then uh, you know you're in there struggling with your comics. It's it's a it's a weird thing to think. You know why aren't the comics benefiting more from you know these these kind of epic movies? And I mean, you know there, there's a lot of factors, of course, the price, and in many cases they're not the same and everything else. But even uh, DC's struggles, you know, even Justice League, which had a lot of problems in the movie theater. You know, there, there's a lot of comic retailers who are just begging for that kind of attention on the comic. Like they take the bad attention, any attention, um, in a lot of cases, and uh, it's it's really shown how comics have changed as as entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the uh, the most recent in terms of DC thing I think was most talked about. I don't know if you'd agree as well. Is the the three Jokers storyline? I think yeah. that had a lot a lot of people even not in comics questioning and actually pushing it. Is that does that not happen very often then? It's from, from coming from like someone who's been in retail and stuff like that. Not as much as it used to. I think that um, there, there, there hasn't been these kind of breakout comics. And I think part of the problem is, is and this, this is where I, I think Marvel's more to blame than DC. You know, Marvel got very hooked on, on promoting, you know, this is the most important comic. You've got to read it. Everything's changing after this comic. You're going to, you have to you pay attention. And they would do that every few months. And so their audience just kind of learned to tune it out. And so, you know, you, you go further back, you go to stuff like uh, Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen and, and those both DC books, but even, you know, stuff like Secret Wars and you, you got stuff from Marvel that, that would get crossover attention. And in nowadays, you know, there's just so many, so much hype that a lot of people ignore it. 
So every now and then, though, you get a comic like Three Jokers comes out. It has good crossover appeal. Um, it's written so that, you know, you don't really have to be following comics month to month. You can pick it up and it's it's great. You know, the quality of the story is good. Um, and, and, it, and it breaks out. And if you look at the sales, um, it's, you know, it's doing very, very well in, uh, in trade paperback for, 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 sure, for stores. I think it is DC's highest right now. It's new, uh, but it's, it's, it's going to do very well for several years. And I think that in this case, DC's got their act together, you know, better than Marvel in the sense that they do have this black label uh, part of their publishing line. They've got this way to kind of produce these books that are not tied to other things. They can separate out and just kind of promote and I think they do have a little bit more in the comic book world, a little bit more credibility uh, where, where Marvel's trying to grab back that, that credibility, but it's just, uh, it's going to be harder for them. They've, they burned a lot of retailers and a lot of uh, uh, just, they burned a lot of people with uh, fake hype in the past. And, uh, but I, I thought, I don't know, you, I take it you read three jokers. Did you like that book? It was good, but I feel like it was slightly overhyped. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. If that's, <laughs> I think is that is that your opinion as well? Well, it was. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I thought it was it was it was, it was good. good um, it was good. Yeah, definitely. It, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It, it was delayed for you know I, I think four years. Yeah, so I think there was a little bit of a. <laughs> I, I I believed it was going to be bigger than it was because I mean mm -hmm. after, you know you're four years in you know finally this thing's coming out. Yeah. I think if it had come out when it was scheduled, I wouldn't have felt the same way. But uh, because of that weight, it felt a bit overhyped, yeah. Yeah, because um, for, for Ben and other, and other listeners that don't know, the, it was revealed with, in Rebirth, Star Rebirth, wasn't it? The, the fact that there was three Jokers, not just one. Yes. Uh, and then obviously it's just taken, it took them four years to eventually actually get to releasing the issue. Okay. So kind of there was all this uh, when it, when it first happened. I remember there being huge amounts of hype about it. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening? How are they going to do this? And maybe they should have done it after two years. If they still wanted to wait a while, two years is probably better than four. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, that's the the key with all things is um if you like. With a lot of things now, I mean, we talk about football, um, uh, soccer, few. Um, a lot of things now it seems seems to get overhyped to the point of where the actual match, the actual match comes, or in, oh. in this case, the comic comes, and you're like, yeah, yeah. nah. So it's like, <laughs> but I think that's it's a it's a it's a byproduct of social media almost. Mm, um, for sure. It's that that sort of constant noise about something gets you so hyped up for it, and then when it actually comes, you're like, no, not not really what it, what it was. But there's not a lot we can do about it, really. Not really. No. Absolutely overhype, and and I'm weird. I'm one of the weird um, people in America, I think, who who does call. Football calls calls your football football. Um, it never stuck with me. I don't know why. I'm not. Uh, I well, I spent some time over in Europe, so maybe it stuck at that. Uh, yeah. Um, but yes, it is football to me as well. I always kind of chuckle here in the U.S. when it's like uh, <laughs> we've got football. It's like oh, this is a sport where there's an action for about ten seconds, and then we take a two minute break, and then some more action. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just lost all my uh, U.S. fans right there with that. Comment. Oh no. Uh, it is uh, no. It, 
it, I think you got to be careful with hype and comic books has such a delicate audience that, um, and in many cases it's weird because their audience is kind of already predisposed to see amazing things. They're used to these characters who can turn back time and, and shoot laser beams out of their eyes. And I mean, they can do anything. And so because of that, you know, you don't really need to hype it. You just got to have to promise a really good story. You got to promise that, you know, you're going to have a good time reading this. You don't have to do this. You know, the world will never be the same after this comic. You will never see things in the same way again. And it's like, just, just you know, lay, lay back a little bit. People will be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they, they did that quite well with uh, DC Metal. Was it uh, was it last, early last year? Was it uh, two years ago? Or, yeah, two years ago, uh, 2018, 2017. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I think I think it was true. Yeah, Metal. The first Metal series was. Uh, I mean, it was it was an event that DC hadn't had an event like that in a little bit of time, and uh, it, it, it kind of they undersold it. And I mean that in a good way. They didn't go all overboard with the hype when it first came out. Um, it did build. And, and I think it caught some people by surprise, again, in a good way that they were doing this. And and it was, I, I think I heard from a lot of people at the time uh, in the shop and outside that, you know, they, they appreciated that DC was just kind of putting out a story and focusing on that and not focusing on massive hype. Uh, and, and yeah, I think, now I think they've, in in the newest uh, death metal, kind of the sequel, it's kind of been the opposite. They they definitely yeah. hyped the hell out of that. One. Uh, but you know, <laughs> bit of a shame. It is, yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, yeah. That's um, I'm actually surprised how much I seem to know about comics. I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> you didn't say you were interested in them. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I know, but I, I don't know. I just seem to. I, I feel like I know more than I, I thought I did. Anyway, <laughs> you do. Yes, you're an expert. It works. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I do have. Uh, I'm going here. I do have my two big boxes of, of the uh, of comics. I think my first. Sure. What, what was your your first? Do you remember Perch? What was your first comic book that you bought or read? Yeah, well, I'm old, so. Um... <laughs> For me, I, I remember catching uh, some in the 70s, uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, at DC, and kind of at the same time, I uh, got into reading some Fantastic Four issues. Um, you know, the first comic that really caught me that I absolutely loved was X-Men. At the time, uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne was, was doing this pretty epic run uh, of X-Men, and I, I came into that. It was a Dark Phoenix saga, which they've adapted pretty terribly to the movies. Now, th those are yeah. the Marvel movies we don't talk about because they're not done nearly as well. Um, but it is, uh, you know, th those comics uh, back in that time, there was, uh, you know, the, the writers were unafraid of just having these storylines go on for years. And so you could get into them and like two years later, you're getting the payoff. And, you know, as a kid, that was a good thing. I mean, we, you know, there was not, this is definitely old man talk, but it's like there, you didn't have, you know, streaming services, you didn't have a console, you didn't have all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was, it, it just, it was good entertainment. And so if you had a writer and a comic that could kind of, you know, keep things going week after week. And the great part about coming into comics at that point, especially for something like Legion of Superheroes or Teen Titans or X-Men or, or Avengers, is you start reading and you're, you're like, you're on issue 200. So, you, you know, you don't have to wait for the next month. You can start going backward to fill out the <laughs> stuff. And you, you spend years doing that. Um, so it, that, that was a great time in comics, and, and uh, it, in many ways, it's kind of sad because now, more recently, comic book companies like to relaunch the comic with a new number one issue, and Ooh, it kind of breaks that model uh, a little bit. 
Yeah. I mean, I think uh, for the Flash, there's been just in the last decade, new uh, Flashpoint, New Fifty Two, Rebirth, been part of Metal, and what's the? Is there a new one right now? Yeah, uh, there is. Well, we have a series that's still going at the moment, and then it will be. I don't think it's going to get relaunched in March. Uh, no. We'll have a new creative team on it, but it is. Uh, yeah, there there will be more Flash for sure. Yeah, so that's for for Ben. That shows how much kind of it can change within yeah. over quite a short period of time, in terms of life. Really, is yeah. quite bad. <laughs> uh, I think my. Do you have you heard of Comic Story on YouTube? Yes, absolutely. Uh, he's one of the bigger bigger guys who uh, breaks things down, along with Comics Explained and some of the others. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Comic Story was the the channel that kind of help push my nerdiness for comics because I couldn't always go out and buy these comics whereas he would do them in a, in a, a talk along fashion and that meant that I could actually keep up to date with what was happening right whereas yeah. I think in, in England there's a lot less of uh there's not really a comic book store down the road well I mean it, where I am um, it's like I said in the last pod, uh, pod my last uh, comics podcast that I've been into a, a comics a comic book store once with one of yeah. my friends from school and um, it was in the northern quarter in Manchester which is like the um, more high end place so it, like, it shows that the accessibility of comics I mean now you've got mail order and stuff but if you actually want to go to a store it's not there's not accessibility is not very good uh, yeah, I think, really. I think the, the, the main one I've ever been to, only been to, I think, comic book store three times, uh, is the one is one in London, big one in London. Right. But, but I'd have to travel into London to go to a comic book store rather than <laughs> kind of where I live. So is, is it, is it more, would you say comics are more accessible than America? Oh. Um, in, in the UK? Uh, or, sorry, yeah, it, definitely comic books are more accessible. I Well, now I'm saying it too quickly. <laughs> there are some comic shops certainly in the UK I think that are out there I think they're probably a little bit more accessible in the US but but it really based on where you live if you live in one of the kind of the metro areas um, in the US there's usually quite a few options now we'll see how many of those options are still in business after COVID kind of <laughs> passes us by but um, it is I, I think you have a few other options there's a couple ready-made kind of mail order systems there's uh, a few people that you can you can get stuff online you can um you know, Barnes and Noble and, and big bookstores still carry stuff like that. So I think there's a little bit, there's probably a little bit more accessibility, but it's probably not as, not as far away as it used to be. I think, I think it was harder. It used to be easier in the U.S. and I think it's gotten a little bit harder. So we're probably a lot closer in regions than, than we used to. Yeah. Uh, that's what I just thought that was a good, uh, interesting thing to ask. Mm. We, um, last time we were on the podcast, we asked, the, the guests when it comes to time to come some questions. I uh, thought think about be interesting to see your your take on on these questions. Uh, you think us should we do that Ben? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, what are the best single issue stories that you've read in comics, in your opinion? Single issue stories. Um, so immediately my mind goes to some storylines. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Claremont had a number of them in X-Men. He was good at some standalone uh, comic stories. I think Grant Morrison 
uh, had some really good ones uh, in uh, when he was doing Batman. He had some some really nice stories there. Uh, you know, I, I think Jonathan Hickman, uh, he did some work in Fantastic Four. He's doing some things in X-Men right now. Some of those standalone comics have been pretty great. I mean, it is, you know, there, James DeMattis, I think, uh, had some with Spider-Man. Um, there, now, this this cheats a little bit to your question, but uh, there's a storyline, Craven's Last Hunt, which was a six-issue yes. story. Um, that's obviously not a standalone comic, but it it, it was, you know, by today's yeah. standards, pretty short. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. That kind of stuff is, uh, you know, those were those were absolutely brilliant. And I think Frank Miller did some stuff on uh, on Daredevil that was pretty pretty classic. I don't know. There, there's a lot. Um, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of great standalone issues. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, as I said in before, I'm I'm not um, I'm not into comics at all. Really, Tom Tom's uh, interested in comics, um, but. If I was to start reading comics, uh, where would you say is a good place to start? So, like, um, I quite, I'd say, I quite like um, sort of, um, I like I like either Marvel or DC, uh, really. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, as well. Even even others. What was that? Sorry. You're a big no, no, I... Star Trek fan, aren't you? Star Star Wars, yeah, and Star yeah. Trek a little bit. Yeah. So I think that uh, there are some good jumping on points for you. I think there's a lot that's been collected or, you know, in, in a you know, trade paperback, an omnibus collection, you can do that kind of stuff. I think the key is to figure out kind of what you like. Do you like sci-fi movies? Do you like action adventure? Do you like, uh, you know, more, more gritty films? Um, there's, there's a comic that kind of aligns with your interests. So what, what's your, uh, give me like your, your, some of your favorite movies. What do you, what do you like? Uh, uh, quite like sci-fi. So like, um, as in comic book movies or any, any, anything you like. Uh, I quite like um, Interstellar, um, okay. Ad Astra. Um, trying to think of other ones. Put me on the spot. Put me on the spot for the first time. <laughs> um, uh, Gravity is good. Uh, first Man, that's a good film. Um, yeah. All right. Excellent. So um, in terms of, of kind of some sci-fi comics, um, there's probably some runs of Guardians of the Galaxy that 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 probably fit that. Uh, Dan Abnett, uh, Andy Lanning did a run of Guardians of the Galaxy that, that would be good to jump in on that, that probably okay. fits that. Current Guardians of the Galaxy is a little bit more like the movie, so a little bit more comedy uh, is right. in the comic. But for some dense sci-fi action you have there, um, uh, there's a brand new series by Al Ewing called uh, We Always Find Them When They're Dead. That's very sci-fi very much uh, feels like a Christopher Nolan kind of sci-fi mm -hmm. film um, there's uh, if you're if you're kind of more into uh, sci-fi but uh, with kind of a Star Wars feel to it uh, there's this book saga that is out that is, is uh, pretty popular right now uh, not Marvel or DC but but definitely mm -hmm. has that uh, that feel to it um, over kind of for DC I mean it's tough because you know, in many ways, uh, some of the runs of Legion of Superheroes would be possibly what you'd be into, but the, the current run is very much like a, it's like a reality TV show and a lot less sci-fi <laughs> than, right. uh, than some of us are used to, um, which is kind of a, a bit of a shame. Uh, from what I'm told, uh, there, oh, there's a book called Far Sector that, that might uh, work. That is a, a thing that he produces um, out there. And um, I mean, yeah, there, there's there's lots. I mean, obviously, there is a Star Wars book uh, that they actually produce. Um, unfortunately, it's like if you love the movies, it's going to give you the movies. Uh, and and right. so really connected to that. But but yeah, I, I think there's 
you know, there's a lot of, for better or worse, there's a lot of number one issues, a lot of starting points out there right now to jump in on, uh, yeah. a lot more than there used to be. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I was kind of a, I was, I was, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was actually something that the, the last uh, guest said. The Guardians of the Galaxy said that it was the other people that we they had on. That that, that, um, as well. So it must, must be the one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, what are the best dark, gritty, or kind of off-kilter superhero-based graphic novels that are out right now, do you think? Oh, that are out right now. Um, I mean, there, there or are... General, or in general, whichever is easier. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, you, have, you have quite a lot in that space. I mean, uh, Frank Miller has done things with Sin City and with Hard Boiled and, and with... Uh, I mean, he's just got a lot of comics out there that kind of fit that that niche. Um, now it's been been a while, but but definitely he's got some of that. Um, if you if you're kind of you know kind of moving your way up, you know, Alan Moore did things with uh, Watchmen and with V for Vendetta, and some of those books that were definitely more dark and more gritty of a take on on superheroes. Um, you know, there was a for a while Marvel had a line called uh, the Max line, and they had Punisher Max, and they had a couple of titles there. It was intended to be a more adult view of these comics. Definitely a little bit more dark, more blood, more violence, uh, all that stuff. All the stuff the Americans love. Um, all kind of packed into a comic. Uh, but it, it, you know, that that's that's one. I think that, you know, DC created this thing uh, called Black Label with the intention of telling more of these gritty stories. Um, it hasn't necessarily worked out that way. A lot of the comics that they've published are not, you know, dark and gritty like they initially planned. Um, you had. A comic called Batman Damned that uh, was a more dark look on Batman that came out, but then they've also put uh, Scott Snyder's, you know, the the Last Night on Earth and other things into Black Label. So it's it's really just become a place where you know comics that weren't directly affecting the continuity could go. Uh, if you're going to go into the indies, I mean, there's there's tons uh, of comics that fit that bill. Um, everything from kind of classic comics like Spawn up to um, kind of more recent. Uh, more recent things. I'm looking over my shelf to kind of just see see what I was coming out. I mean, The Walking Dead was probably a great example of a, a very long comic that, that fit that kind of dark and gritty zombie world. You know, your favorite characters could die at any minute kind of thing. And, um, you know, there, there's quite a lot out there. Uh, you know, I, I think that's that's an area. It's, it's weird in comics. So it's those, those types of comics get very popular and they, they kind of sit there for a couple of years and then everybody kind of says, Oh, hang on. We need to bring back hope and optimism. Let's get away from the dark and gritty stuff. And then they stop publishing for them for a while. And then about every every five years, they kind of come back and we see a resurgence of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a lot of uh, like series of comics. Uh, what would you say is like, in your opinion, the best series of comics for you? Um, you know, I, I think that you know over time, in the long run. Uh, it has been X-Men for me. That's, that's why when you initially asked me, I'm, a, I'm more of a Marvel fan, probably because I, I really got hooked with that for, for you know, 20 years or so, really loved that comic. Um, it's not my favorite comic today, but that's, that's the one that kind of sticks in my head. Um, beyond that, I mean, I, I, you know, I go back to Legion of Superheroes. It's a comic that just, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an old comic that's been around forever and, and uh, lots of great memories of that uh, in terms of a series. Uh, but, but, you know, there are new things being built all the time about uh, earlier this year, this, this company, AWA, started uh, their, just a brand new comic line and a comic series. And I've been impressed with the quality that's come out of there. Uh, they're not 
the big two, but they have a lot of artists and creators uh, outside of Marvel and, and DC that are that are putting content in there. Um, you know, the other comic I'm really enjoying right now is uh, a book called Batman White Knight, and it's by Sean Gordon Murphy, and it's uh, it's an incredibly good book. Um, and and so that one he does it in series, like he'll do eight issues, and then there's a pause, and they'll do another eight issues, and yeah. uh, it's it, that's a really a really nice series. And it has felt like it's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Because obviously the pauses. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've had uh, two full runs, and then we're on the third, which is uh, Harley Quinn, White Knight, Harley Quinn, um, and it's it's a take on Batman, but it's a it's an alternate universe. You don't have to worry about any of the other stuff going on, and uh, it's a really uh, it's got a dark and gritty kind of art style, but it's not an over the top gritty story. It's 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 a really really smart series. Cool, 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 cool. Um, we. I'm going to ask you this question, but I want you to not instantly say Death of Superman. Uh, <laughs> what are the best comic book kind of story arcs that involve deaths or rebirths? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's been there's been several, of course. Death of Superman is one, uh, mm-hmm. but the death of Jean Grey uh, in the X Men is another. Um, I think that the death of Batman uh, was one that. Uh, it, you know, it was probably set up very, very nicely. I think Grant Morrison was kind of concluding his run with a really kind of epic end to Batman, and and he accomplished that. the The rebirth part was not as good. They the yeah, bringing him back bit. Was uh, that the bit before James Gordon did the whole bat suit thing? Yes, that was much before. Yeah. So that that actually yeah. came. That was almost the second time he died. Oh. <laughs> Characters <laughs> die a lot. Um, he, uh, no, it was it was a good series, but the the returns uh, the the deaths are often much better than the returns. I think that that comic companies don't really know how to bring them back elegantly. Uh, I was trying to just think of one that that was done well. Um, you know, Captain America obviously died, and that was a big deal. Uh, and that that rebirth was very strange um, and how that one came about. Um, Any time the comic writers like throwing in things like a, a time displacement bullet, that's always a bad sign. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> that story is not going to go well, um, you know. But there's there's been a couple. I, I think we're still waiting on a few. I think the return of uh, the the rebirth of of Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, was was handled really really well. Mm. That's a case where the rebirth was was better than the the death in a lot of cases. So, um, you know that that's probably it. I, death of Superman's funny because it it was very much a marketing event. Um, it was a death, but it was it was tied into what they were doing at the TV show at the time. Uh, you had this, this show Lois and Clark out, and the original plan for DC was that they wanted Lois, uh, Superman, and, and Lois to get married in the comic, but Lois and Clark was going to do the wedding, so the TV show told the comic you can't do a wedding, and so they, they kind of scrambled, you know, at the the last minute to figure out something else to do, and they landed on let's kill Superman, and so the the whole thing kind of drastic out. change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it was an accident um, in a lot of cases. And the intention was they were going to kill him and then bring him back like two months later. And it turned out that, that you know, his death sold so many copies that they just kept it going for a little while longer so they could kind of milk more money out of the return. Um, but yeah, the death of Superman was not actually supposed to happen. It was they, they really wanted to have the characters get married and the, wow. the TV show kept them from doing it. That's, that's quite crazy, actually, considering how big that storyline is. It's yeah, and that is, isn't that's that's the creation of Doomsday as well. So the creation of Doomsday is technically an accident. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's why <laughs> if you go back and you look at that comic, um, so much of it was last second thinking. Like Doomsday was this this kind of random, you know, alien creature that we'd never heard of before that just kind of showed up. And the character design for, for most of it uh, was just him kind of wrapped in rags because they hadn't figured out the look yet. So they, they just it was it was you got to this comic was being planned like weeks before it was supposed to go to printer and they were they were just kind of making it up as they went and uh, uh it is amazing to think about because the comics sold so well got so much attention but uh, and ultimately got a lot more attention than the tv show did for this wedding um so it's, it's just funny how these things work out yeah. uh, i didn't i didn't know about that so that's quite interesting <laughs> a lot of things uh um accidents aren't they <laughs> yes a lot of things in comics were accidents that, that is very very true um, it's like the, uh, the hope being green was just because they couldn't print him in grey anymore or something yeah it was kind of a, a colouring error um, yeah. and it, yeah that was not a planned event either I mean a lot of this stuff was you know you go back you look at you know, uh, this this comic Secret Wars, which I suspect the, the Marvel movies will get around to doing. Mm -hmm. um, this is something a lot of fans remember as being a pretty major moment in Marvel history. And the reason that comic series happened, Secret Wars, is because Marvel had a deal to do toys. Um, and and so they, they were wanting to make action figures and they needed to write a comic around those action figures to, to introduce and help sell them. So that entire comic came about because they, they had this toy licensing deal that they were working on and they had the characters with these shields and everything else. And, and uh, you know, that, yeah, that comic was completely made based off of them wanting to sell some toys. It had That's nothing to do with- That's a massive storyline as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a crazy, comics are, are, are a lot of accidents over the years. You, you know, how, how creators get onto titles, I mean, um, a name that comes up a lot is this guy, Jim Shooter. And Jim Shooter was the, the editor-in-chief, kind of head, of head of Marvel for a period of time during that Secret Wars event and, and during a lot of their success in the 80s. But he actually got his start in comics when he was 13. And he did that because he was reading, at this time, DC books and Marvel books. And he felt that Marvel books were more, uh, more mature, better storylines, basically, in the Marvel books. And so he wanted to get a job in comics. He knew he'd have a hard time doing it in Marvel. So he started writing DC saying, you know, here's what I would do with a comic. And he was writing uh, scripts, basically he was writing Legion of Superheroes at 13. And he was kind of drawing them out himself. And the people over at DC were like, hey, this guy has some good ideas, let's hire him. So he gets hired by DC at 14 to start writing uh, Legion of Superheroes. DC did not completely realize how young he was. They knew he was young, but they didn't know he was that young. Yeah. Uh, and he was on that book for uh, several years. I mean, like five, more than five years. Uh, that's how he spent his teenage years was writing DC comics uh, at 14, which is just crazy if you think about it. That is crazy to think about. Gee. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can like, <laughs> it's kind of mind boggling like. Yeah. Yeah, You're basically at the start of secondary school here, he's yeah. got a job at DC. <laughs> and and at the time, um, that comic in in this is in the '70s, Legion of Superheroes was one of their top selling comics. So he was yeah. not only was he writing it, he was he was writing one of their best selling books, and he would go on from there to get you know the top job at Marvel. 
and, and it's you know and is basically in his 20s it's 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 really pretty crazy yeah ben that, that the legion of superheroes was a massive massive uh comic book at that time yeah so yeah. <laughs> cool. anyway um last last question um oh. uh in this in this series of questions anyway um <laughs> is a uh, what are the most ridiculous superheroes or supervillains that uh, you've ever seen in comics? Um, oh well, I mean, <laughs> there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, you had you had a character in in Marvel that got introduced by a writer called Brian Michael Bendis, whose power was to shoot gold balls out of himself, um, and they, his name was Gold Balls. Um, <laughs> I mean that that there there's there's tons. I mean, it, it feels like. Um, you know, comic book writers, they, they often, they'll get a crazy idea, um, maybe after a good night at the pub, and then these things make their way into comics uh, pretty, pretty easily. I, I don't know, you know, I think in, in some cases, some of these characters are ridiculous, and they wind up, you know, getting redeemed and, and having a good arc. I mean, if, if you go back and you look at some of the early Batman books, uh, where you had Batman and Robin, and I mean, that whole premise is insane. If you, if you think about it, you have this, this kid, who's running around in kind of acrobat tights and, and it just with, with this bat creature. I mean, all this stuff is, is kind of silly if you really break it down that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, the flash has had some crazy villains in his rogues gallery that are, that are just uh, very wacky powers. And, and, you know, Batman had a villain called kite man. Um, there was one that was condiment man who would shoot like ketchup and mustard out of things. I mean, this is. What's that? Polka Dot Man as well. He's in the yes. new uh, Suicide Squad. That's right. Polka Dot Man as well. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's there's no shortage of, of kind of crazy concepts and, and characters. <laughs> there's a character that Marvel had in the 80s um, and whose power, I think her name was Cloud, and her power was that she had clouds that kind of hid the, the naughty bits. Um, and that was, her, that, was what, that was what she was. She would just uh, <laughs> there fly was around. A, there was a, a, a villain, I think, who was made up of a drug coke uh, mm. in the 80s or 90s? Oh, that's right. Well, the, yeah, the powers came from yeah. coke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was crazy. Why would you have that in a comic book? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when, uh, when comics, I, I think there was this, as, this aspect where, uh, you know, comics had this comics code for a long time where they were, you know, they had to make sure their comics in some way were geared toward kids. Um, the rules were very weird. Like you couldn't, you couldn't have villains be sympathetic. You couldn't, uh, there's, there's just a lot of very strange kind of rules they had to work around. And so every now and then when the comic could, you know, get around those rules, when they would be able to break them, they would just, it was like there was repression. The writers would just throw out ludicrous stuff. Like, you know, let's suddenly, you know, let's go ahead and, and have this, this villain that, that basically is powered by cocaine. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's they, they would go immediately go to absolutely crazy parts um for, for no apparent reason it was it was always very funny to watch that happen yeah um uh, f- for ben there's uh and other viewers back uh back when comics were kind of blowing up there was basically like a whole like comics regulation rules that they had to follow for a while and they kept on getting more st- like stricter and stricter am i am i right there touch yes absolutely and the, the rules were were very, I mean, so you have to go further back in the in the fifties. Um, there was this Frederick Wortham guy, who really was concerned that comics were corrupting the youth. It's not unlike what we've seen with you know comments about video games more recently that 
you know, the kids are going to read these comics and they're going to turn into horrible monsters. Um, and part of it was back in that time, there were a lot of comics that were kind of horror based and they were shock based. So there are just lots of you know, just crazy violence on the page. But it was all kind of silly violence. It was, uh, well, silly is maybe the wrong word, but it just, it was, I don't know, you wouldn't take it seriously today if you looked at it. I'll put it that way. And so these, you know, there were a lot of, uh, in America anyway, a lot of, you know, uh, repression going on, uh, classic America um, <laughs> was going on. Um, and so they put in this Comics Code Authority and it had, you know, again, very strange rules. In some cases, all very kind of racist rules. I mean, it, in many ways, I mean, a lot of the rules you look at today, you're like, yikes, there's no way anyone would want to live by these things. And then as years went on, the rules would kind of randomly change. They would, uh, some would go away, new ones would come on. And it, it in many cases, comics got tougher. And, and it, every time there was a big success, like a Watchmen type comic where Alan Moore had, uh, you know, Dr. Manhattan, just this, this bald blue guy walking around naked um, with, with everything on display. Uh, they would, they, then new, new regulations would come up and it was, it was, it was always like kind of fighting this, this parent group versus creativity for a long period of time. And it was, it, it created a lot of very disjointed comics. Hmm. When did it end? Um, it, it kind of, it, it really ended in the nineties. Um, I think the last gasp of it was in the early two thousands officially came to a close, but, but by that point, the major publishers had already moved away and, and, uh, in the 90s, both Marvel and DC came to the conclusion that uh, killing their characters and having kind of extreme violence and other things was super popular with kids. And so that's, they, 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 they quickly got rid of that and went for sales. <laughs> Is there, when you're, you're speaking to someone kind of new to, to comics, is there a, oh, what's the word? Is there any ever anything that you think would shock them about kind of a, a fun fact about comics? Well, I, I think uh, the amount of work that goes into it, I think is probably surprising for people, especially as we live in this digital age now where a lot gets done faster. Um, you know, many comic books, when you're reading it in 22 page comic book was probably started, initiated uh, six months earlier. And so you, if you think about all the people involved, you had somebody writing it and putting together a script and a plot outline, getting that approved, sending it out to an artist. Uh, many artists still work with physical media, with, with pen and paper uh, drawing. You know, so a lot of them have moved digital, but still there's this kind of very labor intensive process to this comic book that gets written and drawn and colored and inked and, uh, and lettered and everything and then, then printed and out it goes. And so you have this kind of 399 or 499 comic in your hands and it's it's the product of a lot of work and then when you look at it there are close to 200 comics that are published and sent out a week and that's just a massive amount of books i mean marvel alone will do something like 80 to 90 comics a month and wow. you know that's it's just it's an absurd amount i don't think people really realize the scope of of this business um, and how many comics there are, and and you know the problem of it's it's comics are not making enough money. I mean that's that's the unfortunate dirty secret in all this is that even with all that work, all those comics, all those things coming out, um, you know many most comics sell well under a hundred thousand copies, which is really not that many. Um, you have you know YA and kids books. You have stuff like uh, I don't know if it's in the UK, but there's a book called Dog Man that's aimed at kids. And that book is, um, you know, selling millions of 
millions of copies. And so you, the, the, scale, the scope is all wrong. So you would have the impression if you saw that, you know, the Avengers is making $2 billion that the comics have to be doing better than this. And, and the reality mm -hmm. is comics are, are not. There's this huge gap between the movies and the comics. And I think that always surprises people when they realize that. Yeah, I think it probably does. I mean, Ben, did you did you know that? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that it would be. They would comics would be making more than the films, but I would have thought they'd be making more than they are, uh, based on that, uh, which is it is surprising. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're in a strange place with comics right yeah. now, where I think people believe that paper, uh, paper comics, paper products are you know, are, are becoming a dinosaur. And at some point, you know, everything will be digital and we'll be reading on tablets and, and everything else. And so there's this kind of, you know, weird point in the comic industry where uh, I think a lot of people are, are concerned about how much future it has uh, before it really does need to change. But the, the, the problem is that, you know, we've had digital now for quite a while and people are not moving to it. You know, the sales of digital are less than 10% of what is sold in print. And so even though, you know, I think people expect it to flip over, it's not doing it yet. And, and there's a lot of questions of when's that going to happen? We've had this pandemic for the last year. And in the U.S., a lot of shops have been closed. There's been lockdowns and everything else. But comic sales are, are largely up this year, which nobody can wrap their head around. It doesn't make any sense. You know, how, why are comic sales actually increasing right now? And, and uh, it, so it, it, I think the industry is in this very strange place where there's a definite belief that things are going to change soon, but nobody knows when or what the trigger is going to be to actually make that happen. Fair enough. Could, could it be that uh, with, with the COVID and all that, that maybe people are kind of stuck inside and they have more time on their hands? So the, the films haven't been on, so they've not had the superhero fix. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, True. That could be a could be a possibility. Stop doing the the movies and maybe the comics will. Uh... Well, that's probably that might be the worry that when they start releasing the movies again, sales will go down. Which yeah, is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, it it is. I, I definitely I think people are stuck inside looking for entertainment. Um, for sure. I think that's that's one of those pieces. But comic books has to find their way. About every twenty years, there's a major change in comics. You know, twenty years ago. We saw Marvel kind of shift to their ultimate line. They put more of an emphasis on writers. You saw DC follow suit. We had the new 52 about you know, 10 years after that. So there were a lot of changes that happened about 20 years ago. And we're at that point again where comics are going to change. There is going to be a major shift in, in how they're created or how they're marketed and everything else. And um, I, my, my prediction is that you're just kind of what we talked about at the beginning. You're gonna see a very tight alignment with movies. And that's that's really what we're looking for. Very cool. Well, uh, we often like to, at the end of the podcast, bring it back to kind of YouTube, depending on, it doesn't matter what the topic is. Sure. You, what did you what did you do kind of that got you inspired to get you into doing YouTube and what, and what you do? Actually, before we get into that, what, explain to our audience what it is you do on YouTube. So I, I put out little 10-minute uh, shows, uh, about, about 10 minutes, just talking about different parts of the comic industry. And sometimes it's talking about a particular title. Sometimes it's a review of a new book. Uh, sometimes I, I do interviews with, with creators and get those out there. Those always go longer. 
Um, and sometimes it's just trying to explain things about the industry that, that people didn't know, like how comics get shipped and how the sales numbers work and that kind of thing. Um, and, and sometimes it's asking some questions. Uh, there's a lot of outrage YouTube out there. I don't do that, but I do try and address the question of, you know, why are people mad? What, what, what got people upset about this? And is that, is it reasonable or is it not reasonable that they're upset? Um, so I, I got into doing the, the YouTube channel uh, a bit by accident, to be honest. I would write things on, on Twitter or on Facebook. I'd, I'd post little things. And finally, people would say, hey, you have more to say than a tweet. So why don't you just put it on YouTube? You'll be able to talk longer and it will, you'll, you'll, you'll make your point better. So I thought, ah, you know, why not? So I started doing the channel. I really had zero expectations of what it would do. I didn't I thought, you know, four people will listen to me there and that's, that's cool. And I didn't really care if it was more than that. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a weird year. It's been, I've had a successful year. I I'm, I'm still small, all things considered. You talk about, you know, comic story or comics explained, you know, they that's a hundred thousand plus. I mean, I think some of those guys are in a million territory. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm tiny compared to those guys, of course, but, uh, but I do enjoy it and it's, it's fun interacting with people. So that's why I do it. Huh. Brilliant. Um, so is this, would you say, well, is this your first channel or have you had previous channels in the past or uh, about other topics? Nope. It's my first channel. So I started in April of last year and really did nothing for all of last year. And it was really this year about March that I, I started to do more and, and really put more content out and and, uh, and, and put some effort into it. And so I, I'm, I'm new to this, so I'm making mistakes constantly, uh, putting the shows out, I think. Well, you always, uh, you learn from your mistakes in it. So that's what, that's what we've been doing as well. Uh, is there a YouTuber or do you watch, do you watch many other YouTubers? Um, not as much as I used to. So I, I have a, a good partnership with uh, a guy named Wes who does a, a show called Thinking Critical and I'll, I'll be on his show from time to time. We'll do analysis together. He does uh, does great work, but I don't, I used to watch a lot more YouTube uh, than I than I do in, in comics. Um, now I watch plenty of YouTube uh, outside of comics. I, I think, you know, lots of the you know, there's a, there's a guy, I think he is in the UK, uh, Uncle Roger that does hilarious stuff with cooking that's very funny. Um, so, so stuff like that. But in comics, uh, really a lot less than I used to. I used to watch more of uh, Comic Explained and Comic Story and, and those guys, mm -hmm. for sure. So is there a YouTuber that you'd say inspires you to do what you do? Or is it all kind of from yourself? Well, these days it's just kind of frantic. So it's, it's, it's less, less inspiration. But I always kind of... I do like how um, the kind of the clean, tight uh, editing of a, an Aussie man or somebody like that that puts book that puts stuff together and it's funny and there's some good commentary there. I always hope that uh, I can get to that at some point. But it's a, it's a very different product from what I do. But uh, that stuff's that stuff's always cool to watch. Uh, so, what would you say is your favorite thing about uh, doing YouTube? Well, I get great comments, um, especially right now this year. Uh, without being, you know, I, I I can't have my store open. Um, and I'm moving stores. So it's, it's kind of in this middle place, but I, I love talking to customers and people who come in and be able to have those chats. And so here, you know, where we're locked at home, uh, that YouTube is that outlet and it's, it's one directional, but still, uh, people come in and, and I think, I think somewhat unique to my channel. I don't know if others are, are the same. Uh, people come in and leave comments like really long, like pages and pages of comments of thoughts. And so I have pretty, pretty in-depth discussions there um, that I, I really appreciate. So it's a chance to kind of engage with people. And I love that. That's uh, 
really nice. <laughs> we uh, we aren't big enough yet to seem to, to have uh, received any of those long paragraphs, but maybe one day in the future. You said that you've made some mistakes in uh, in your YouTube career so far, but is there <laughs> is there anything looking back that you actually want to change about your, your what you've done on YouTube so far? Well, I think that uh, I, I started producing just a lot of content and I really didn't have a plan. Um, I think that uh, a more structured, and it's something I'll try and do more next year where you have a more scheduled kind of rollout of things you're going to do. You're going to do a review this day and you're going to do a, you know, maybe an analysis this next day and some history kind of thing the next day and have it be more organized. I mean, the reality is I'm, I'm sitting here and I've got, I think easily, I, I, I don't know where I'm at. I think more than a thousand videos, probably getting closer to 2000 at this point. And, you know, I, most people will never listen to the majority of those. So I have a, you know, in the last six months or so, my audience has really grown, but there's that content that I did for that first year is just gone. You know, it's, 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 it's up, but I mean, who's ever going to find that? And so I, I think having a more organized plan would be a good idea. I, th I think that if, if people are coming out and they're going to do stuff with YouTube, having, having a good, reliable schedule in mind and putting stuff out at the same time when you're doing it, uh, whatever your schedule is, I think is a good idea. And, and so I learned a lot of that the hard way of just kind of randomly putting content out and, and you'd put effort into something and then you'd get, you know, a hundred views. And then it, it's, it, 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 there's just, there's, if you, if you have more of a plan, you're going to be more successful. Well, uh, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say your uh, future goals are for your channel? Well, I'd like to continue to grow it for sure. Um, I'd like to, to get more stuff out there. I'd like to, I'd like it to be organized and have, um, you know, uh, some, some nice scheduled stuff. I'm getting a lot of interviews at this point, um, queued up with other comic creators and writers. And so I want to give that more of a voice. Um, I do different interviews than I think a lot. I'm, I'm less interested in what the the book they're trying to promote right now is and trying to get more into, you know, what makes this person tick or, you know, what, how's this person view the industry? And so I, I, I wanted to do a lot more of those and get a lot more kind of a, of a routine uh, around, you know, content that's put out and, and hopefully keep putting out stuff that people like. That's uh, lovely. <laughs> Wanted to um, ask. I wonder what your opinion is on the rumors coming about out about the um, next Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man three uh, movie. It's a lot of people in it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it, it. I mean it, it'll be fun. It's it's. Uh, I, Marvel wants to play in this multiverse. You have a Doctor Strange movie that's going to have the multiverse, and then you have Spider-Man. Obviously, they did that with the Miles Morales. The animated movie they did was the multiverse. Yeah. So. Um, it, it's, I get why they do this. In some cases, it's a little bit of nostalgia bait because you can bring back all these previous actors that people have been wanting to see and you don't have to build a whole movie around them. You know, I think Marvel or, or you know, uh, Sony does not want to do another Andrew Garfield movie, but they know there's some fans out there so they can bring him back for a little guest cameo and you get some fan service out of that. And uh, I don't know, it, it, the movie can be fun. I, I want to make, I, I, would, I just hope there's a plot behind it that's, that's reasonable and good. Uh, a lot of these movies, they, they're really built around like, hey, do you remember this guy and this person? And how about this person over here? Do you remember them? And I, I want there to be a plot in there too, hopefully. Yeah, no, did you, did you see the uh, tweet that got taken down straight away with the three Spider-Men standing on a roof with Jamie Foxx's eyes in the thunderclouds or something? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, definitely, a, I feel like it's probably not accurate, but it's, it's just a way of getting hype around the movie because... 
you, uh, yes. you looked like you had Miles Morales from the multiverse, uh, Spider-Verse movie. Looked like you had uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man, and then you had another Spider-Man. So that's yeah. just uh, it's definitely a way of making. I think the hype around that next Spider-Man movie already, even though it's not even finished filming yet, is going to be event. Would you say almost Avengers level hype? It has the potential to be it. Yeah. I mean, if they keep building it this way and they, they can roll out, I mean, they, they need at this point to like to roll out a really epic threat villain. I mean, if, if you can pull that off as well, uh, I know you've got uh, Alfred Molina, I believe is, is in that movie is uh, kind of rising Dr. Octopus. And I mean, if, if you can throw out a really major threat, um, then yeah, I, I, the hype's going to grow. I think at that point, people will be starved and ready to get to movies. So hopefully mm -hmm. that also helps. Yeah. Could it be a, a multiversal Sinister Six, maybe? Yeah, exactly. I, it feels like where they're going with it, but yeah. um, you know, it it, okay. it it can be big. Yeah, I've heard that they put some of the TV shows and that's a strange going to tie into it as well. So, yeah. uh, the Scarlet Witch one because yeah. that's multiversal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we we're, we have to as as comic fans or as movie watchers, we're going to have to get very used to uh, alternate realities and multiverse stuff. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like as comic book fans, we're relatively used to that by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> You'd hope so. You would hope so. Um, well, is there anything else, Ben, you wanna you wanna talk about with Perch? No, it's fine, I think. All right. Well, uh, I think it's been a pleasure. It has not, I think it has been a pleasure <laughs> to be on, uh, talking about comics, uh, a, a secret passion of mine. Which Excellent. has been been lovely. Uh, we'll have a link to Perseus cha uh, channel down below in the comments. So please do make sure to check it out. He's got some fantastic content out there. If he hasn't sold it enough on here, I don't know how else he could sell it. Uh, <laughs> this will be out on Sunday, so I think our next podcast for you viewers will be our Christmas special. We've got uh, two returning guests of uh, Fab and Cam. And uh, it's going to be a few drinks. So I hope you guys uh, do check that out when it comes out. But yeah, thank you, Persh, for coming on. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure talking to you today. And uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. All right, brilliant. Well, uh, subscribe if you guys are new around here. Leave a like if you enjoyed it. And make sure to check out Persh in the uh, comments below. Goodbye.